Good afternoon, Hospitality MD listeners. I'm your host, Kyle Allison. Today, I'd like to welcome to our show Consuelo Nessio Soup. She's a friend of mine and a former colleague. And uh, while currently furloughed, she is the housekeeping manager at the beautiful and historic Drake Hotel in Chicago, where she and I uh, had the privilege of working side by side. So Consuelo, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me and giving this opportunity. I'm very much appreciated. Absolutely, absolutely. So Consuelo, um, I just want to real quick, like tell a story about kind of like the moment that I knew that you were just a very special hospitality worker from what you did for me uh, at the Drake. Um, and, and it's something that very few people are willing to do or step up and do. So uh, for everybody listening, Consuelo and I, like I said, we, we worked at the Drake Hotel in Chicago together. She was the housekeeping manager. I was the front office manager. And there was one day, um, it was busy as usual at the hotel, I'm sure. And, yeah. And um, at some point or another, I must have spilled coffee all over my gray suit pants. So there's a huge stain. I just, it was all wet. It was stained. I, I could hardly work. I would look like an idiot in front of the guests. So Consuelo was like overly nice. I've never experienced more hospitality from, from a coworker before. She actually uh, helped me. She, I went into the housekeeping storage room, took off my pants and they gave me a, a robe to wear and Consuelo cleaned my pants and dried them for me. Um, while I was just waiting in the housekeeping office wearing pantsless with a bathrobe on and <laughs> she just talked to me made me feel I didn't feel embarrassed or like anything like that because she was just nice talking to me making me feel you know like I wasn't bothering her at all and it was just a really really great um, moment between two co-workers from different departments with a lot going on in the hotel um, so that was the moment that I knew Consuelo was special and I knew that she was over and beyond hospitable not only to the guests but also to her fellow co-workers as well. Um, so Consuelo, uh, you have a pretty interesting background from what I can see, right? You've done a lot of different stuff in yeah. hotels as well as outside of hotels. Um, so why don't you give us a, your story here? Where, where did you start and how did you end up at a 550-room, 100-year-old hotel running housekeeping? Well, I was born and raised in Peru. I'm originally from Peru. I have a bachelor's degree in business administration and a specialization in international trade. I was meant to be to work in the ports, you know, just doing basic uh, cubicle office job. Um, zero contact with guests, only just with my boss. Uh, life brought me to the States and uh, that's how I started my journey in the hospitality industry. I didn't know too much about hotels and Peru is not that common uh, for you to work and the hotel is not that popular. Uh, however, in Chicago, it was the best thing to do. Um, thanks to the opportunity of one of the historic uh, hotels in America, the Palmer House, a beautiful Palmer House. I was given the opportunity to start my journey there back in 2011. I worked for Palmer House for over seven and a half years under health management. I started as a room attendant. I spent four years uh, working in the housekeeping department. 
uh, with my director at that time, Karen Mitchell. She developed a program. She wanted to promote room attenders to be supervisors and potentially managers. So she created a little, a little program uh, to hire with, within. A 30 to 60 days training program, she will handpick all the housekeeping that has potential skills and, and, and urging to learn. So I was one of her picks. Out of the 30, I was the last one who passed. And I had the privilege to get trained as a supervisor and manager. Uh, I didn't hold the title. However, I covered for my supervisors when they were off, they were in vacation, so I was doing both at the same time. I was, uh, I was trained with Macaria Delgado, which is, was my direct manager at that time. Very nice lady. I learned a lot from her. And one day I remember I was sitting in the cafeteria having lunch. And our general manager, Ding Ling, sat down next to me and was talking, you know, conversating. And he asked me, so how do you like the hotel industry? Um, I told him I, I'm very much in love with it. It's just, you know, a different industry than what I've been used to before. And he's like, are you planning to, you know, uh, continue your career? What are your plans? So I told him, yeah, I'm seeing, you know, a future within, in the hotel industry. I wanted to become a director. And he, he gave me a piece of advice that I will never forget. He just said to me, well, if that's your goal, I highly recommend you to master the spinal cord of the hotel industry. And I didn't understand at the time what he was referring into a spinal cord. So I asked him, would you, you know, be a little bit more creative? And he told me that spinal cord of the hotel is front office and housekeeping. Once you master those departments, you're ready to move forward. If you want to pursue a directory career, uh, you need to go to the front desk. And that's what I done. Before my five years mark, I make it a goal that I needed to go to the front desk. So I apply, I got hired uh, as a guest service agent and I learned a lot. I was very much involved with one-to-one -one, um, contact with the guests. I was able to create memories for them. So it gave me a different perspective, the other side of the coin. Um, usually it was more on the back of the house, but this one was in front, so I, I got a better understanding. From there, uh, I decided to take a, a little trip and explore United States. I, I haven't been outside of Chicago, just as soon as I came back from Peru, just, that's the only thing I know. So I went to California. I left in California for about maybe 10 to 11 months, and I ended up working for a accounting firm. So I decided, well, you know, new city, new state, and maybe new industry. I learned a lot too in there. And I learned about QuickBooks and studio web work, a lot of, you know, accounting and stuff. I had my own small cubicle. But during those six months, don't get me wrong, I was, you know, very grateful with uh, the owner, you know, give me a chance on her firm. But in, deep in my heart, I knew that that was not for me. I realized that I was meant to be to be on a hotel industry, on a hotel setting, with tons of people, with, with you know, every day busy, busy, busy going, and just to be in touch with the people. That's, I'm a people person. I like to help people. And um, me being a cubicle, it was meant to be for me. So I also was homesick. I decided to go back to Chicago, and I got the opportunity to work for a five-star hotel with the Trump Tower. I was hired as a housekeeping supervisor. 
that was a very challenging uh, thing for me too, coming from a union setting and a big bad hotel to a smaller hotel with a non-union setting. With that also the responsibility and the skills that you need to have in order to provide a luxury customer service. So it was a different uh, setting for me. I got trained by Forbes and I discovered a personalized service, something that it goes way above and beyond, uh, not only assisting paying guest needs, um, but also creating a memory and creating a relationship with your guests to the point that you know what they like, what kind of food they eat, what kind of bottle, what type of bottle water they, they like, uh, what is their favorite color. So it, it, it goes way back above and beyond to know them in detail. And in order for you, the next time they come around, you will provide it extraordinary experience. I worked with them for a year. I learned a lot and I ended up back with Hilton and with uh, Drake, where I'm pulling it right now. So that's oh, an overall of nine, nine and a half years of a nice journey. You have like such a fascinating background. I think one thing um, that I want you to get into a little bit here is because a lot of people, especially from our audience, you know, a 1641 room hotel like the Palmer House mm -hmm. is far bigger than a lot of hoteliers can even comprehend because... Yep. You know, I think the average hotel room or the average size of a hotel in the United States is around 150 rooms. So 1,641 rooms for a lot of people listening is outrageously big. So can you, uh, for, for everybody listening who doesn't know, could you give us a rundown of how housekeeping operations work in such a large property? Uh, because I think a lot of people, they think, oh, well, you know, how many how many boards are you going to have for your room attendants? Um, give, give us a little bit about that so they can understand a little bit about housekeeping operations at such a large place. So in, in our particular case, we had, in, I would say about for 300 ladies in total, you including a first, second, and third and overnight shift. Um, most of them were our <clears throat> room attendants who had been working there for more than 10 plus years. So they pretty much know their setup. We divide the building in different sections. And usually, if you're a supervisor, you will get, in the best case scenario, two floors. It's not the, time, it's not the same all the time. And then you have to be very, um, how, how, how can I word it? You have to be very smart on the way you manage, you manage your time. Not only in order to flip the rooms as quick as possible, with with keeping in mind that you still have to follow, you know, hotel and brand standards, um, but it also on a fast pace, because at some point when you are in the front desk, you know, you're checking people in, there is a, a line of 300 people that it needs to go immediately to the rooms. That puts a lot of pressure on the front agents. And then <clears throat> with that being said, they also call us and let us know, hey, what, what happened with those rooms? So we try to be, you know, as much as productive as possible in, in terms of when we pre-ship in, in the morning, usually we try to do it like 30 minutes before the start of the shift. And we let them know, you know, what floors are, are going to be the, the, 
the groups in. If you have a group of four, 300 people, which floors are going to be set up? So we, we try to, you know, two, three supervisors going there to help them out for the first three and a half hours of the day. Uh, we send a more room attendance to cover in order to flip easily and reduce the waiting time at the front desk, knowing that that is, the hotel is big, the lobby is nice, is, is big enough, but having a 300 people line is, is, is not an easy task. People get tired, people get bored. Some of them are, most of them are people who come in from seminars. They have to just grab their baggage and go back to the buses and go to McCormick Place. So you really need to, uh, be able to flip those rooms as soon as possible. And and those scenarios we will know prior to the day we'll catch those room attenders to come early, maybe in an hour and a half early in order to flip out the rooms and, and move out through that day. Um, but for the most part, we, we work as a team. Um, when we knew that we have a heavy traffic, we prepared the day before, we tried to not do late departures, uh, we try not to extend the stage, and like I said, if we can clean rooms overnight and get it ready for the more the first batch of the morning checking, that easy the, the job for the rest of the day. You know, it, it, for both departments, including sales, because sometimes you have sales up in housekeeping. You know, pressure on the managers. So I need my rooms. I need my rooms. Uh, so we we just try to communicate and work uh, as a team. That's how we did it over there. So, because um, I think a lot of people are going to be fascinated to know. So, at, at a hotel the size of the Palmer House, you have three shifts of housekeeping room attendants. So, because a lot of people are used to, oh, the room attendants start at 8 and they leave at 4.30 mm -hmm. every day. And that's the end of housekeeping for the day. Yeah. So, you have room attendants cleaning rooms 24 hours a day. Yeah. Usually on the BCC. Yeah. 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 So right. So when it's busy, you you could, in theory, have three shifts, twenty-four hour coverage of people cleaning rooms. So it's not, you know, it's there's never a scenario when it's busy where by four o'clock every single you know sixteen hundred rooms are cleaned. It's it's certainly a process that takes much yeah, longer. Yeah, it, it, it never. It, we will, we wish that would be the perfect scenario, but it unfortunately is not. So you and and you have to take in consideration that are uh, most of the time there are guests that um, that are probably part of the outbreak war problems in case of Hilton, and you need to you know you still need to provide your. Uh, guarantee your, your your rewards program members that you're going to have late checkout that you might be able to extend in the state or maybe upgrade so all those facts also we take in consideration in order for us to to have a plan in action when we have a, a heavy checking for you know what whether it can be a wedding whether it can be a a group a massive group a group that it comes from you know other other places around the world so we try to as much as possible to have a 24 hour service and in terms of get the rooms ready for the following day. Yeah. So, um, with, uh, cause I know you mentioned that you, the building is divided into sections. Mm -hmm. Um, so could you elaborate on that a little bit more for us? I, I know that if you're a director or a manager of housekeeping mm -hmm. at the Palmer house to, to look after two or 300 ladies at any given moment would probably be impossible. So I, I think, you know, when you mentioned that you're, the, the building is kind of broken down into chunks, can you explain how that operation works uh, with the smaller chunks? So how, 
the apartment house is sitting on a corner between um, three major streets. You have uh, the State Street, Monroe, and Wabash. With that being said, it's like three different towers that divide the building. So in the area where it faces the straight street, we will have maybe two, three sections. Each section it, it can hold, at that time with union contract, it was 16 to 18 rooms. Each person will have that amount of rooms per board. Obviously that change if you have a heavy, a heavy checkout that usually happen on Sunday, that it will reduce the amount of, the amount of rooms that, that a lady can clean. It will drop down to 13. But usually it is uh, three per area. So you will have three on that area, another three on the front, three or four on the front, because this is the larger part of the hotel, which is face Monroe, and another three sides. So you're pretty much talking about a total of 10, nine sections per floor. Um, on the upper level that we call it the towers, which is uh, between the 21st to the 23rd floor, you have less amount of rooms, um, less amount of rooms per section because of the fact that I have larger rooms. So those ladies who instead of having 18 rooms will have an amount maybe a 12 to 14 rooms depending on the size and the credit of it. But that will be pretty much the basic. Um, each supervisor will be checking uh, between 150 to 200 rooms per day. Uh, it's understandable that you're not gonna walk every single room because uh, when it's a large hotel room, attendants are usually allowed to be out of uh, inspect, inspector person, so they are allowed to release the rooms. We, the supervisors, just go in case of is in issues or it's a VIP room that you need to actually go and do extra detail work or it's a, a room for a, a wedding, bridal party. So certain things that we consider VIP that it needs in, in a manager or in supervisor inspection, we will go. But for the most part, I mean, try to check 150 or 200 rooms a day. It's not that possible. <laughs> so you have to trust your team that they are doing, you know, they're following procedures, that they are doing their job, you know, as, as we expected them to do. And that's, that's really, really tough to do in, in, a, in a hotel that size with so many tenured employees in a union environment. Mm -hmm mad respect for 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 that um not only cleaning the rooms but also helping to manage that department so um you know you went to front desk right after that and i i know because i started at front desk and then i went to housekeeping afterward get some experience there and i remember um you know my eyes being opened quite a bit to you know, oh, so this is what happens when I call housekeeping from the front desk and tell them I need this room or, you know, when I'm getting pissed at the front desk that the rooms aren't ready, this is actually what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about how um, working the front desk opened up your eyes to the rest of the spinal cord, as Dean called it. Yeah. Well, for in the beginning, for me, when I was a room attendant, I always complain about front, front office. You know, I would say, oh, they don't know what I'm going through, and it's hard to make so many rooms. And, you know, sometimes you go knock on the same door like four times, and I guess it's not ready, you know. And I was always say, oh, my God, they don't understand. But once I went to the front desk, and I was actually the one, you know, the first person that they come to see, and then you welcome them, and you're in the middle of checking them you know, and they're expecting their room to be ready and the room is not ready. 
yeah, it was it was very challenging for me in the beginning. I'm not gonna lie, there were times that I'll go in the restaurant and probably cry because uh-huh. I'm I'm the type of person that I I don't I like to uh, accommodate as much as possible. I don't like to disappoint anybody. So for me, telling a guest, you know, the room is not ready for X, Y, X, Y factor, you know, it was difficult. Uh, I will get, you know, sometimes people will get mad at me, people don't want to understand, but at the same time, I couldn't disclose certain things, you know, so you try to uh, manipulate your wording in order to let them know that, you know, apologize, the moment is not ready, but we will have it ready. It was, it was challenging, <clears throat> but uh, at that time, my mentor, Justin Jordan, who is now a director of one of the Hilton's too, he really gave me a piece of advice. He always told me, you know, don't, don't take it personal. I do understand that you come from heart. You know, you don't want to disappoint people. But there will be times that even if you don't want to, it will be things out of your control that you won't be able to. So the only way that you have to do is just put yourself in your situation, but on a calmer way, just to try to understand them, empathize with them and then explain the situation and after that you'll see it will go easy and easy as the times passed by and my job got easier i was able to uh, learn more about how if this room is not ready maybe put them in this one and moving people around it it was challenging but it was a good good year that it, it kind of helped me to get the thicker skin, a better understanding of hotel operations. Uh, it it sharpened my customer skills because before that, like I said, I barely have contact with the guests. Uh, with good and bad experience while, while I was working as a front desk agent, uh, I learned a lot. You know, it, it make me pro- not only um, make me better as a professional, but also my inter, inter um, skills as a professional got sharpened with those two years. It, it was hard, the overnight, the long hours, but I enjoy every minute of it. It was very good. Yeah, that's, uh, it, it, it's, it's a, it takes a special person to be able to um, kind of manage the guest expectations, mm-hmm. um, especially when you said, you know, there's certain things that you can't tell them, like you can't tell them that the reason their room isn't ready is because uh, of a union issue when they, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. all these little nuances that you can't disclose to the guests, mm-hmm. um, but it makes you smarter and it makes you better for it. Um, so, you know, then you went to, to California from there and you found yourself missing and longing for the hotel industry. If you mentioned that you were in the bathroom crying at the hotel, that it was so tough. It was, you know, difficult, long hours, overnight. Mm-hmm. For anybody, that would be like, okay, thank God I'm leaving. I don't want to ever set foot in a hotel again. It's terrible. Yeah. But you left and you wanted to go back? Why? Yeah. Why did you, for something that was so, at least from the an outside perspective, may have seemed so difficult, why did you want to continue this career of yours? Because it's my passion. I have a lot of passion for customer service and I'm, I'm, that's what I'm driven by. You know, the hospitality industry is, it, it gives you an opportunity to, to be part of a memory experience on somebody's life, to have a, a good impact on somebody else's life. Uh, it's just, 
I can explain it sometimes in words, you know, especially now that I'm away uh, due to the current circumstances, but I'll tell you that every single thing, every single complaint or, or uh, you know, long hours, and like, I miss it. I miss it just because it's part of my life, it's, it's part of who I am, and I really love what I do. It's not, I'm, I'm not there just doing eight hours or 10 hours and getting a paycheck. I'm there because I like to serve people because it's what I join to do, it's my passion. And I, there will be no other job for me as long as the hotel. And, and that's what I realized. I, I knew that from the beginning, you know, even in Peru, I always been volunteering, helping people, um, trying to, you know, alleviate pain from others. Um, but I, I didn't know that I could find this on an on, uh, industry and, and make a living out of that until I came to the States and, you know, Pame House opened the doors for me and, and let me see this beautiful industry. Um, but for me, no, for me, every single hour, you know, that I've been there, I work a long double shift or sometimes, you know, back to back is worth it. I won't change none of it. <laughs> yeah, and I think the, the, the real deal hospitality people who love it at their core, like you, like me, like a lot of people who are listening, mm -hmm they will understand where you're coming from there because yeah. there's something that as much as in the moment it can be like oh no somebody called yeah. off I have to work a double now okay well i'm used to it you know it's just a part of the game we just have to keep going um so great so you decided i love hospitality this is what i want to do and then you had the awesome opportunity to work at i think it's one of chicago's it's either four or five. I think it's Chicago is five um, Forbes, five star and AAA five diamond properties and Trump International Hotel and Tower is one of them. Uh, so you had a yeah. great opportunity there to help uh, lead the housekeeping department there. Um, and you went from huge, second largest hotel in the city, 1600 rooms, union, uh, politics and you know kind of just a huge machine that just let's get the guests in let's get them in the rooms let's get these rooms clean to a much more refined level of service and experience so tell me a little bit about that transition for you um and if you have any uh kind of if you have any stories about like your time transitioning that you think are interesting definitely let me know as well well, uh, I was very excited to tell you that. I'm very excited. You know, the building itself is extremely beautiful. Uh, I didn't know it was only 339 rooms and 30% is hotel, 70% is residential. Uh, very excited, very proud to be there. And um, well, in the beginning, it was okay. Uh, I w it was a lot of learning. It was almost a month. And training and learning uh, about, you know, fire star standards, FORP standards, our own policies, you know, that the Trump organization have, how the hotel is divided. Um, obviously, it's not union. With that being said, uh, the room attenders are not allowed to release rooms. The supervisors are the managers are the only ones who are allowed to release rooms in order to be sold, you know, to be tender out for the front desk. Um, it, it was, it was a quite big change for me because coming from a big box hotel that everything is going quickly, fast, you need to flip the room as soon as possible, put them inside, you know, and move on to the next one. 
um, you barely have the chance to personalize your service. You know, uh, it's only from this or maybe sales or maybe the waiter, you know, who, who had the chance to talk to the guest. Uh, back of the house is barely. With us, it was a totally different ball game. Um, every single employee counted for the experience. So in a, in a fire start setting, even your website counts. So they, they have something, something called uh, the, the map of a guest, right? What, what I mean by that is, as, as how do the guests find out your hotel? If they hear it from a friend of them, if they hear it from in you know, website. So the first thing, if your website is beautiful, if it's you know easy to book a, a, a reservation, they say user friendly. From there, reservations. Your you know reservation people. How how are they accommodating the guests? How the tone of the voice, the language, uh, everything else. From there, when you park in front of the building, who opens the door? So every single element from the moment they book the the reservation through the moment they file your survey and maybe possibly follow up meetings, every single thing comes from it. On a big change hotel like Mario Hilton Hyatt, we corporate have their own way to do their Q&A, right? So we kind of know, as you and I know, that maybe they come twice a year. Um, you might have a, maybe a window a month or two that you might know that they're going to come and do the Q&A. With sports on a, on, a, on a setting like that is completely different. You earn, uh, you earn your start and you get to keep the start every time they come and shop your hotel. With that being said, you don't know when they're coming, you don't know who the person is. Um, so if the, the whole experience has to be completely spotless. And the moment that you talk with them, uh, if they ask for extra pinos, how you deliver it, uh, and you turn down service, they are very big on turn down services. Um, the, not, not only the 15 five rule, but also the rules that you're not allowed to give the back to the guests using, you have to use their names. In this case, most of these cases are, you know them, you know, you, you, you know who these people are. They are always coming to your hotel. They are very, very VIP. So for me, it was a, a, a quite a, um, wake up call, you know, on an on, on a educational side. I didn't know about those things. I didn't know about, uh, you know, that you have to have the, use the, and then case that three, that three times the name, you cannot overuse it. You're not allowed to shake, shake the hands unless it's, they ask you to. You're not allowed to give them their back. So, and, and not only while the guests or anticipating the needs, but also like I told you before, you get to know them on the point that you know what kind of uh, uh, they, you know, I came, I remember one time, uh, one of my guests, what, that was on the Trump Tower, he usually come two or three times a year. <clears throat> um, and I remember I was touching it up the room, you know, making sure everything is fine. We have a locker on side of, a little locker on, side of, on the side of our closet that it was his own belongings, his chairs, his pillows. So, I went and unlocked, put the pillows back, put his chairs back, you know, just to make it more homey-like. And then I see sales department coming in with groceries. So I asked him, what, what is this groceries for? I just, clean, I just cleaned the room. This is for Mr. You know, XYZ. And they, and they told me, no, he's coming tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock and he likes uh, his bananas. 
he likes organic apples, he likes uh, this overweight milk. So we're, they bought groceries and bring it up to the, to, the home, to the room. They put them on the refrigerator, very nice and neat. Uh, they brought a special coffee, coffee mix for, the, for him. So I didn't realize the, how far and how depth they do customer service on the five star setting. So these people really take the time to get know they know to get know the guests very well in order to get all the insights. What do they like? What is it they are they don't like? And based on that, you create the entire experience. So every time he came, he knew that he's gonna find his apples, his uh, milk, his bananas, and you know his furniture place back. So it, it just give you a a different way to create memories for them. It was, it, for me, it was uh, the whole year I spent with them, it was just learning, learning, and and try to, the next time I go to another hotel, you know, bring that knowledge and put it into another round, which I have with the Drake, you know. Right, which I can definitely attest to on that. You definitely uh, added an increased level of service and awareness to the Drake for, for sure. Um, but but for a lot of people, right, like housekeeping, they think they're, they're back of the house, just like you thought, right? Housekeeping is back of the house. They don't impact the guest experience. They just clean the room, ask who's in there, and that's the end of it. For those who are listening who, you know, who work in their smaller hotels or maybe, you know, they're not five-star hotels, and they try and implement some positive housekeeping changes to make their operation more personalized, what would you recommend that they do from a housekeeping perspective? Is there anything uh, easy that they can implement? Yeah, I mean, something simple as, for example, if you, you, you know, you're a room attendant, you go inside the room, it's a stay over, right? And you just make the bed and you see on the nightstand that the guest has maybe a lot of medication, right? So you know that the guest might need water to take the medication. Maybe your property is not that used to uh, giving bottled water, you know, to every single guest to walk to the room. But you, as, as initially, you can go to the front desk if, if you know that they are, you know, having bottles of water, or maybe go to in retirement, get one bottle of water, you know, place it nicely and neatly next to their medication, put a glass, a, a, a glass next to it with maybe a napkin on top. So when the guests come in, he will have a bottle of water to, to have his medication with. So little simple things like this. You don't have to spend too much money. You don't have to, uh, you know, go overboard with it. You know, just a small tiny details that you can wow the guests. For instance, if it's a, a you know, trans, a business person, sometimes they have change all over the, the desk, you know, just coins and stuff like that. Arrange it nicely, fold a nice little um, washcloth, fold it nicely, and make a little assess on it and put their coins in there so it won't spread over. If you see maybe a sunglasses laying in there, fold a, a, a little towel nicely neat and place the sunglasses on top and have it next, maybe under this or maybe under nicely, you know, with a little, with a little knotting in, in order to prevent that your sunglasses will get them. It's little things that you just I guarantee you that you will elevate your service. Little things go a long way. And I learned that from the Trump Tower. That's what we do sometimes. You know, we don't, we just don't ask them. We just, whatever it is inside the room that we can make it more air, homier and, 
and more special for them, even if, even if it's a hand note, you know, just introduce yourself. Thank you for staying. Thank you for choosing us. This is uh, Consuelo. I'm your housekeeper. If you need anything, please let me know. You know, that's it. Little things like that. This is uh, the housekeeping number. You can dial this number or just, or stuff like that that you can just wow the guests. I think that you like make a great, great sentiment because a lot of people, like when you talk about a five-star hotel or you talk about a luxury property, they think it's like untouchable. Like, oh, I'm just a small Hampton Inn. There's no way that I could ever even be anything close to a five-star hotel. But mm -hmm. what you're saying is if you have a little bit of extra time to think and a little bit of training and maybe some extra uh, washcloths or towels laying around that you can use to help, you know, to put the sunglasses in or put the coins in, then you can get yourself elevated to the service level Maybe. of a five-star hotel. It's not that hard. It's that not that hard. Yeah. Because it, I actually, it's funny you mentioned the coin thing um, because I was recently staying at a hotel and I found myself in a situation where I had a lot of coins all over the desk by the TV um, yeah. because I would just come in with my change and I was just like, I need to empty out my pockets and I want to put it right here. Um, if I had come back to my room and there was like a little tray that was made out of a towel for my coins, I would have freaked out. I would have been like, this is the most hospitable thing anybody's ever done for me and so thoughtful and, and caring to do that. Um, so I think that's, that's, uh, that's awesome. And it, it makes it seem like that five-star service really isn't too far out of reach for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, so now, you know, you work at, at the Drake, at least up until recently, you know, you've kind of been furloughed with everything going on. Yeah. Um, but, but tell me a little bit about the Drake. I feel like having worked there, I can probably say that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I would have to imagine that the Drake is a little bit of like the in-between between the Palmer house and the Trump. A yes, bit. indeed. Indeed, it is. <laughs> So tell me a little bit about your experience there so far. And because now I understand that this is your first salary management uh, position within a hotel. And how do you, how do you feel about that? And how's it been? Well, I, I got, I was given this opportunity with Christian Michaels, one of my ace uh, managers from Palmer House, which I'm very grateful for. Um, it, I told you that it has me being in a, having my own office, my business card is just, I, it, it's just tangible, you know, a goal that I placed at least five years before that. You know, I knew that I wanted to be in some point in management and I knew that I wanted to be in, as a director. So right now I'm on hold, but I'm not losing those dreams. Um, but yeah, it, it, make, it, it has made me very proud how far I came and all the knowledge and all the hard work has been paid off so far. <clears throat> in terms of how was the break? Well, coming from a five-star hotel, it was a little bit of quite a different setting <laughs> from non-union property. Go back again to a union property. And going back to this uh, phrase, that's not my job. You know, that's another union representative job. Um, it, has been, it, it has been a little bit uh, challenging readjust myself again and kind of reset my my way of doing things because on the Trump Tower usually 
everybody's there to cooperate, that the level of understanding that each part, each of us play uh, a big, you know, a big part in this big puzzle of which is the entire experience for a guest. Um, <clears throat> it, it took me a little bit of a, a while to to readapt and, and do not lose, you know, my, my focus on on a specialized customer service. Um, but and and for me it was, I would say, the culture in it within a just housekeeping department, right? Um, well, it was a little bit challenging, but I guess little by little they didn't know who I was and where did I came from and. When I was introduced, they pretty much, you know, every time they introduced me, there was a five-star hotel, and that will get, you know, people a little bit of, you know, what kind of changes this person is going to get, and they are no union, and they're going to force me to do things. It's not in my job description, you know, until they figured me out, and they kind of knew that I, I wasn't there to... Um, make it do things that they are no that they were no within in their job description you know they learned that i was there to empower them to show them a different ways to do things you know i'm very self-driven and staff development for me it's very important to see that you no know, as the same way they did it with me you know the people believe in my in my abilities my skills you know and and they saw my talent i want to give back to so i I tried to, to show them that I wasn't only the manager just to micromanage everything because that's not my style. I was more the manager on open policy and sit down and have a, a roundtable conversation and see what, what areas we can improve and get their feedback. If I implement this, do you think it's going to affect you on the way you, you know, how long does it take you to, to make a a bit or how long does it take to clean a room overall? You know, all these minor changes, I always try to have a conversation and, and between me and, and my employees in order to get a better understanding and changes. Because sometimes <clears throat> I believe that people don't take change very well. You know, sometimes they are afraid to take, to take changes, especially on the setting that there are people who come in from different uh, uh, parts of the of the world there are some of them they don't speak very well English so it's, it's, it's challenging to change their normal routine and they said oh, we're gonna do things in this way you know uh, I always try to get their opinion involved and have them involved in the chain so it won't be that challenging for them <clears throat> I, uh, and as for me you know Kanak actually was one of the the person who actually helped me a lot with this in my transition. He has been not only a, a good mentor, but a, a good colleague as well. You know, he has been always pushing me and trying to, hey, don't get discouraged. You know, they might not listen to you on, right now, but they're going to get it at some point. So hand to hand with them, with him, actually, I was able to to get on a, on a good track. And, you know, all my ladies like me. I like my ladies. I, I try to help them out as much as possible. You know, some of them actually before I left where I was training them to be as kind of supervisors and they were, you know, going to another hotel. So, you yeah, know, just little by little. Because I think a lot of, um, a lot of times just like, you know, uh, just like we kind of see it over and over again with, with 
with new managers that come into a, a, a unionized property, um, you know, the, the team can kind of wear them down sometimes when you hear that's not my job over and over again, or, or you know, they feel like they don't trust you. Um, mm -hmm. But what you said was that you kind of let them show you what they were capable of and because nobody else has really done that before, right? That it's so long of no wonder they keep saying it's not my job and this, this, and this, because they've never had somebody who says, Hey, I think you do really important work. And I think we can even elevate that even more. Let me help mm -hmm. you work together. Um, a lot of times it's a, uh, team versus management kind of yeah. scenario, but it sounds like you've really tried to bridge the gap uh, be, and yeah. make one big team rather than an us versus them situation, which is yeah. really, really important, uh, especially in a union environment. Um, but also you can relate to them because you were a room attendant. That's where you started. You were a room yeah. attendant at the Palmer House, which is a sister hotel. And I'm sure, did you work with any of the same ladies that- um, No. 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 Uh, no. I it's totally different setup but the, the good thing i guess about me i would say oh my experience is like you just mentioned i started as a room attender so i know how hard it is i know how challenging it is i know sometimes you know you don't have enough leaning because uh, your leaning company didn't deliver so all that stuff that it can go wrong and you know uh, guest check out late and you couldn't finish the room and your manager is pressure so i i I, every time I appreciate them, I let them know that I'm, you know, I'm part of the team. They, they don't work for me. We work together. That's my, my, you know, philosophy on this thing. At the end of the day, everything is a change. We depend on them. They depend on us. So for me, it's always, you know, I'm there for you whenever you need me. You know, I, if I have to pitch in, I pitch in. When it's, when it's busy, there were times where, they were running late, you know, I will help, you know, I'll strip this room, this room, so you will go and just make the bed. So when it's time to roll up the, the sleeve and get him to come to work with them, I'll be the first one. And I guess that's, that's how I gain the respect, you know. Um, I'm not only worried about, you know, how fast they're gonna turn off the, the rooms for from this, but also on the personal level. Are they okay? Is their family okay? Because sometimes, Believe it or not, we are humans. We try to put our, our own problems and our emotions outside the building, but sometimes it's hard, especially when there are mothers and has kids at schools and a lot of things. So, you know, I will get to know, get to know them. I will walk around the floors. You know, sometimes I just to say hi. You know, hi, how are you? How's, how's your day going? Do you need anything? Uh, do you need any supplies? Uh, do you need more this and that? So, and they knew that I was there for them. You know, my approach is completely different. I'm not a type of authoritarian uh, a, a leadership. I, uh, for me, it's more, you know, hand-to-hand -hand teamwork. Let them know that I, I know, I know how it is. So we got, we're gonna go this together. Yeah, yeah, and that's, uh, it's, I think that's a huge component of what's missing in a lot of modern hotel management, especially in a union setting, it's missing a lot of the time. So it's good that there are people like you who are giving the 
team members that you work with hope that there's positive management out there who's going to support them even when it feels like nobody else is, uh, mm -hmm. is supporting them. Yeah. Um, so before we wrap up, because we are running out of time, I do want to see um, if you have any of your like favorite hospitality memories from any of your, your hotels, any story or memory that sticks out in your head. Any favorite memory? I think I would say one when I was working overnight in the Palm House and as a from guest agent. Me and my, at that time, Jared Sawyer, who was my manager, we were working at the desk computer next to each other. And it was around maybe one in the morning. Sold out night. We actually were walking out guests. That's how bad it was. Um, so this couple came in. It was newlyweds around 1.10, 1 1.30 in the morning. So I, you know, I proceeded with the check-in process. It was a third-party reservation. It didn't have any notes. So as you know, you know, we, as, as we prioritize uh, when it's a sold and night first, you know, if it's get, um, groups or wedding parties, they get the room guarantee. Then Hilton Honors members guarantee, you know, if somebody booked with through, directly through Hilton will get guarantee room. But if it's a third party and that doesn't have any guarantees, we always, unfortunately, we usually walk them out. We walk them out to our next, you know, our sister property, right? This time the whole city was sold down. And our the next property that we were gonna send them to was Bullenbrook. Oh, it was no. a third to thirty-five minutes drive, right? <clears throat> no traffic, but still, it was super far away. Um, so she, the, he came in, he checked in. He's like, you know, we just got married. It was very a small wedding, receptions and, and a restaurant. Like I booked a reservation for for a wedding night. And I have the paper, the name of him, and I, and I knew I was going to walk him out. So I look at my manager, he looked at me, and I started apologizing. You know, the, the whole thing, right? The whole procedure. The bride started crying, but like awfully. I felt so bad for her. She, she was like, I can't believe, you know, you did this on our wedding day. So it, it, was, it was terrible. We did have one room, but it was out of order due to bad uh, maintenance. The ceiling in the bathroom, the whole paint had chipped off, they didn't have make a mirror, they didn't have a lot of stuff. So it wasn't a, a good room to be selling out, right? So I, while my, my manager was trying to call the bride down and talk to the, you know, to the husband because he was very upset that how come we're going to walk him out that far. You know, I pulled on the side of my, my manager and I told Jerry, that is that room out of service. Yeah, I mean, I can fix it, you know, um, on the point that it's going to look presentable. That I just have to call engineering to have them remove their tools and stuff like that. But if we can explain them that it's the only room in case they don't want to go over there. And he's like, well, okay. So, you know, he told him and I told him, well, while you're talking to them, you know, just text, send me a text or call me through the radio and let me know if they're okay. And do not send them to the room until I came down. So what I did, I have Jared dealing with that, making the kids and everything. The guest said, yeah, I'll take that room. I went inside. The day prior, we had a birthday party. Our director, Pamela Donna, have was, it was his, her birthday. So we have a bunch of flowers in there left over from the night before. So what I did, I grabbed those flowers. 
was some roses in there. I ran up to in-room dining. I told, you know, I fill out the, the paperwork. I get a bucket of ice with champagne, champagne glasses. I went up to housekeeping. I grabbed some uh, candles that we have for our VIPs, but the, the fake candles, you know, the ones that you turn on. And I went down to the room. I, I called engineering. They helped me to remove their tools. You know, I just kind of touched it up the bathroom. I started removing the petals from the rose, throwing them, you know, on the bed, on the floor, straight up the bed, tuck it in, and do it a little bit of turn down, place the backings on the desk, and put the, you know, candles in the bathroom area. So I came down, I escorted him upstairs, you know, I apologize for the inconvenience of the ceiling and stuff like that. She was a little calm. Next day, she came back, she looked for me. I, that day I worked, I think, 12 to 14 hours, so <clears throat> I was on a long shift. She came back, she, she came back with a Starbucks coffee and a Starbucks sandwich. And she thanked me for, you know, preventing her going there and making her stay a little bit more away. At that moment, I knew that I was in the right industry. At that moment, she's like, I, I, I thought, I, I, she told me, I, thought I, I lost all the hope. My whole wedding, you know, wedding I was ruined. But you make it, you make it, not, you make it a good one. So she was very happy. I just got. He always came back. I got it. Go I heard for a Hilton Honors membership. So <laughs> nice. I explained that when she was more for I told her, you know, I apologize, but sometimes when it's a third-party reservation, it's a little bit difficult for us. However, if you become a Hilton Honors member, we can guarantee you that. And I can, I, you know, I throw 5,000 points on it, you know, and I got a loyal guest every time she came for six months anniversary, for a year anniversary, for her birthday, for his birthday, they will come back to the Palmer house. So little things like that, you know, it changed my perspective. I knew that I make a good impact on her life. So That's that awesome. makes me very happy. That's awesome. I, I got chills when you told that story because it's so easy for us, especially like, I'm just putting myself in your shoes. 1,600-room hotel, it's you and one other person at the front desk by yourselves when the entire city of Chicago is sold out. Um, you already have all your walk paperwork ready to go. Yep. <laughs> you Everything's already pre-planned. Everything's good. And you were actually able to do what a lot of people aren't which is to shift priorities when you're really busy because a lot of people just are tunnel vision no we already planned we were going to walk them we just have to walk them we it doesn't matter yeah. let them cry we're going to call security we're going to get them into the cab and they're yeah. gonna... but you slowed down you said wait a second this isn't right this is not fair to them this is a special day and this is we're not going to be the ones to ruin their wedding night okay. by something that is that they shouldn't even have to understand or comprehend or even <laughs> deal with and not only did you get them a room, but you you were giving them five-star service before you even knew what five-star service yeah. was, yeah. before you even knew. So it's just no wonder why uh, hospitality has, has really been such a good fit for you. Yeah. Um, but, but Consuelo, I, I thank you so much again for being with us here on uh, Hospitality MD podcast. It's been a pleasure uh, chatting with you about your experience and your story. Um, I think your insights are going to provide a lot of value to, um, to our listeners. Um, also, for everybody listening, be sure to connect with Consuelo on LinkedIn. 
Uh, we're going to put her um, profile here in the show notes for everybody to connect with her. Um, and feel free to reach out to her directly um, if you have any uh, questions or want to talk more with her about her experience. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. Be sure to uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share this with your network. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.